everybody. Grab your Bible and pencil, your journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 1 Samuel 24, verses 3 through 4. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And I have to admit to you guys, I actually am getting over being sick this week. So sorry if I sound a little muffled or stuffy. But in this episode, we finished talking about David and Saul. And we really focus a lot on David's story. But if I'm honest, this episode really... I just really needed it. I needed the truth that we talked about and, you know, how God uh, defends his people, how God, when we let him, he will vindicate our name. And, you know, honestly, like the battle is the Lord's and what that looks like and the truth behind all that. So I really enjoyed this episode personally, and I hope you do as well. So pull up a chair, listen in, and we are so glad that you're here. Hey, Kara. Hello, mom. Hi, babe. I am uh, picking a verse that seems so crazy. It's First Samuel 24. And I know that this is going to be, you know, like our last episode on Samuel. And there's first and second. There's so mm-hmm. much, as we said over and over again last week, so much in there. But I know that we need to move on, move forward into Kings. And I just thought, you know, at, we've talked so much about David and Saul and we know about the fact that he sinned against Bathsheba and against the Lord and so many things, you know, we could talk about Saul and David and how that Saul was, you know, so jealous and wanted everybody to hear the applause of Saul. And he wanted to hear everybody's, you know, compliments and praises about what a great warrior Saul was, which at the end of the day became very prideful for him, his heart turned and was totally controlled about the jealousy and the power that he wanted. But today, I think this is such a great example of David's heart. And, you know, you said last week, you know, how David had such a heart toward God, and it wasn't perfect, but he had a heart toward God. And there's so uh, much that we can talk about you know, how important it is to protect our hearts and how important to be aware of what's really going into our hearts. But as I was thinking about this, here is uh, Saul, and he is going to the bathroom. And David is in this cave, and there is Saul going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, you talk about being vulnerable. You talk about, you know, <laughs> being in a situation that you're not ready to fight. That would be the situation. There's so many things to talk about, but one of the things that I found uh, ironic about this is the things that the uh, men said to David. And what they said was, they said, oh, look at this. This is a sign. This means Mm -hmm. that God has put Saul in your hands, and now you can take him over. Now you can win. Now you can be king. Mm -hmm. And you see the heart of David, because David says, 
I'm not going to put my hand against God's anointed. If God's going to make me king, it will be God that will make me king and not me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really uh, a great lesson, uh, several lessons I want to talk about. Well, that's one thing I noticed when reading through Samuel and reading through David's life is more times than not, he he would always take a moment to pray and ask God, you know, whether it was, should we attack this these people mm-hmm. or should we not attack these people? Should we go this way or th- not this way? Or, and not every single time, but there definitely, there was multiple moments that I noticed where he, it would say something along the lines of David would inquire to the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, should we, should we fight these people? Like, would you give them into our hand or? Should we go there and fight these people? You know, he would yeah. always, before a battle or anything, yes. Yeah, and so I, I think, yeah, like it's a similar thing here where, I mean, I don't— doesn't say that I don't want David was put, praying. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to put that into Scripture, but based on the pattern that we had see, I have, we've seen in David's life, I would be willing to bet more than likely he probably, especially with the men saying that, I would imagine maybe in his heart he kind of asked the Lord of, you know— I mean, maybe he just knew it and he didn't, but well, I, I just feel like this, there had to have been a moment where he was like, he probably knew, like, no, God anointed him, but also like, God, is this the moment? Like, mm-hmm. and then he probably, uh, you know, well, you know, the Lord. I think what you're trying to say, and I agree, is that David always prayed. There were always times when he wasn't sure about something and he would pray and ask God's wisdom on certain things. But his heart was always in that position. And so it wasn't necessarily meaning that he was down on his knees, you know, asking Mm -hmm. God, but he was always in a prayerful. His heart was always toward, God, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. not always, I'm not saying that, but more than it wasn't. And so he had a habit of always thinking about what would God do? What would God want me to do? Because he said, you know, as he gets in here, I'm not going to take this kingship. I didn't make myself king. God anointed me king. And I'm not going to do anything to God's anointed. God will put me as king when it is ready for me to be king. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that mindset. Yeah, one thing I just happened to look in chapter 23, so just the chapter before what you Mm -hmm. read and what we're talking about, there's a city, and I'm not going to try to say it, but basically it's one of those examples where David inquired of the Lord, like, should we go attack these Philistines in this city? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, similar to what you pointed out Mm -hmm. in 24, but it says in 23.3, but David's men said to him, behold, we are afraid here in Judah, how much more... Then if we go to Kila, I don't know how you mm-hmm. say it, against the armies of the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And then it says, then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered, you know, basically go, I'll give them into your hand. But I, when I read that a little while ago, it really reminded me a lot of Joshua and Caleb when, mm-hmm. you know, they were scouting out the promised land. And so it wasn't bad or wrong, you know, that they were, the people were like, and David's men are like, hey, the, they're huge. You know, mm-hmm. like those people, I don't know that we're going to go against them. But David, just like Joshua and Caleb, kind of had this posture of like, well, you know, 
if I mean, Joshua and Caleb knew that the Lord wanted them to go into the land, but mm-hmm. you know, David being like, "Do you want us to go?" And David, I mean, it doesn't even seem like he skipped a beat. He inquired of the mm-hmm. Lord, and the Lord said, "Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. give them into your hand." And David's like, "Okay, let's go." Yeah, and he didn't listen to the men, and not that the men were wrong or bad men. It's just, I mean, they're not God. Well, and that's the point I want to really bring out because so often we listen to what everybody else says and not what God says. And even like you're talking about with Joshua and Caleb, you remember the spies. Oh, we cannot go over there. We cannot go into the promised land. We've seen these people, and there's no way we're going to be able to uh, take them over. And it was Joshua and, uh, mm-hmm. and Caleb and you know, saying, wait a minute, God has said that He would give us this land. And so was the whole reason that this whole generation Israelites did not go into the promised land was because they mm-hmm. did not believe and trust God. And I think that the reason that Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land is because they listened to God and they did right. listen to the people around them. Right. Yeah, and it's like both accounts. They both, I mean, I think the other people or the Philistines or the, you know, whoever they were going to go in and take over— they were large or they were mm-hmm. big. You that's know, right. it's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Not bigger in God, but they were big. Yeah. That's right. And the other thing, like later on in 23, I don't really know exactly where this is in 23, but I just have written in the margin talking about Saul. He doesn't ask God. He just assumes and goes forward with mm-hmm. an attack and how much, you know, pride that Saul has in that. Mm-hmm. And and how much, you know, Saul is as we've seen is so concerned with himself and other people. And as we we know how the story ends for Saul and for David. But I think especially in chapter 23, you see so much of David. There's another moment where David prays and asks for wisdom and what mm-hmm. should he do next? It mm-hmm. he doesn't assume that he knows. He just, yeah, he doesn't assume he knows. And he doesn't assume, you know, it's like because you see him ask about going against those Philistines, but then he also asks about Saul. Like, are you, mm-hmm. you know, because Saul was after him at this point. And, you know, him being, it's almost like he just keeps, it's like every single step. He doesn't mm-hmm. ask God and then assume that's the case for the next 10 steps. It's like yeah. literally every single step mm-hmm. it's in 23, you see him asking like, mm-hmm. okay, this. And then he does, okay, what about this? And he does, and then this. Which, yeah, which I, I mean, I do have a little crush on David, so I really respect that about him. I do, too. I I love that. You know, David gets so upset that he even cut off the the corner of Saul's robe. It says in 24, it says, David's conscience was stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. So here is just amazing mindset of being underneath authority. Again, he knew by this time that God had anointed him as king, but he also knew God had not removed Saul from being king, and so he was waiting, you know, for God to, you know, to put him in that position. And I feel like, you know, one of the things for us to sit back and think about how careful we need to be to know that we are listening to what God wants and not what everybody else is saying and not sometimes what it might appear. I feel like, you know, for David to have such a respect and honor for God to say, I'm just going to let God put me uh, in this position, and I'm not going to do it on my own. 
But I also think we have to be very careful in the words that we hear and what we think and what we say to ourselves and what we listen to what everybody else says. And we should be so focused, like you were saying, Kara, it was a habit of David's to always inquire of the Lord. It was a habit of David's to always be thinking, what would God want me to do? And I think that's very important. As a matter of fact, I think I was just sharing with you, like, if God was saying these things to you, or if God was saying some things to you, there would be a different feel about it. It wouldn't be an accusation. It wouldn't be, you know, tearing you down. If you're uh, feeling convicted, like David was like, his conscience was so stricken that he had cut off this row, but he wasn't thinking about himself. He didn't say, I am the worst person on the face of the earth. He says, you know, why should I do or put my hand against God's anointed? He just wanted to be obedient. And I think that's huge. And that's conviction. You know, I think that he was saying, you know, his eyes were so focused on God and not mm-hmm. um, his circumstances. And I think that's mm-hmm. a huge lesson for us to be able to have such a heart toward God and be able to say, God, what do you want me to do? What's the next step? Yeah. Well, and just like David's patience, mm-hmm. just like waiting for the Lord to avenge him and mm-hmm. not just putting him in the kingship, but also to protect him against Saul, you know, and and defend his name. Right. And I don't think I, I, I don't think I mentioned this last week's episode. I thought about it, but it reminds me of this book and we can reference it in the show notes. Oh my gosh. And now I'm going to forget the name, but it's the, it's a book about David, Saul and Absalom, Absalom, oh, which is David. Three Kings. The Three Kings. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I said, we'll reference it mm-hmm. once um, we'll look up the exact name, but it's called like the Three Kings or something along those lines. I don't mm-hmm. think that's it, but it's around there. But it's this book and it's written a little different. You know, it's like written like a play of sorts. It's mm-hmm. not a documentary. It's not about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's not Christian living or anything like that. But it's so good at pointing out just the different perspectives of Saul, David, and mm-hmm. Absalom. And I love, I don't even know what made me think of it, but I guess maybe just reading these stories. But it really shows and highlights, I think, like the forgiveness that David really has towards mm-hmm. Saul and how Saul is constantly throwing arrows, I think is how it mm-hmm. references. Like, yes. And that's the accusations. that. Mm-hmm. But it's, he's constantly throwing arrows at David, and David doesn't respond by throwing arrows. David responds, you know, with forgiveness. And, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that he sits around and lets Saul treat him that way. That's right. But... Anyway, I, that's just a really great book just for anyone out there who I just remember forgiveness in particular. It's like really great. And if like if you're dealing in a situation where you're like, God, are you going to protect my name? Or are you going to defend mm-hmm. me? Are you going to avenge mm-hmm. the situation? And I mean, honestly, I'm a, I'm in a situation like that right now. Like I'm thinking I might go read that book. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Later tonight. And, and, you know, I think you have read that book. I remember that. And you know, I think it's. I've just read it a great. couple times. It's not. It's not a large. It's not a very big book. No, it's, it's, a, it's really easy read. But I remember that. But I, I don't know if it's the Tale of Three Kings or something like oh, that. Oh, Tale of Three Kings. That's oh, there. Well, there you go. So what I was thinking is this: when you were talking about forgiveness, and here is Saul always throwing because he's so jealous and angry and bitter, and so he's throwing arrows trying to to kill David. He's thinking, if I could just kill David, then my life would be great. And everybody would think I'm wonderful, which was 
stupid, but that's, you know, that's what we get into when we start thinking of ourselves so much and we get jealous and that, you know, we want to look good to everybody. And that's kind of what David made Saul in his mind think that he didn't look good with the people around him. He's not as good a warrior as David. And so I think sometimes this jealousy, you know, can get away with us. And he kept trying to kill David and and he, like you said, would throw these arrows at David. And David would always run and escape. So there is a situation where you don't just put yourself in the position. And, you know, he and Jonathan had kind of talked about, I think your dad wants to kill me. And John's like, no, he would never do that. Mm-hmm. And so David, you know, made a plan like, okay, let's see if I'm right. And so anyway, the the what I was trying to get at is that forgiveness, in my opinion, is one of the ways that we can dodge the arrows of bitterness and anger and jealousy and pride, all of these things that just destroy us and and really causes our heart to fail. We, we're not living fully alive when we allow this anger and bitterness and whatever, uh, despair, hopelessness to, to attack our hearts. And, it, it, you know, I just think forgiveness is, is extremely a key here. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't mean that we're saying, if I forgive someone, Saul was right. right. God, you know, well, just, Saul was never right. Right. It just lets God take care of it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like letting it go and not forgetting, but forgiving. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think forgiveness means that you forget. I mean, sometimes... You know, you may, depending mm-hmm. on how big the offense is. But yeah, I mean, I'm literally, yeah, kind of in that situation right now, thinking like I feel like I've been, you know, I've been hurt and wronged in mm-hmm. a way and I need to forgive. But if I'm honest, I'm like, I don't really feel like I don't want to forgive, but I also don't feel like completely ready to at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of feel like I, I I need to process a little bit more of the hurt. I mean, it's fresh. Well, you can process the hurt, and you can acknowledge what's happening. It's not that uh, whatever we acknowledge and we process the hurt, that's not connected with forgiveness. Forgiveness is just an act of an awareness that I have no right uh, to not forgive someone because God's forgiven me. But to go through the process of grief, go through the process of acknowledging your hurt, going through the process of how that's affected you is a whole different ballgame. And I'm sure when David was sitting out in a cave and it was night, I'm sure that there had to have been, I mean, he was human, to be sitting out there and going, God, why am I in this situation? You've placed me in this situation. Or, you know, with that's true with David's life. But even if we place ourselves in this situation, we're there. Yeah, like that's what's really hard is I know that there was a moment um, I think with David's situation where he, f- I think, fled a little too early in a way, you know, like he was genuinely scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember when that was, but anyway, and I could be wrong, but. Well, you can always be afraid. That's being here. Right. I think one of the things that we really need to focus on is not always the behavior, but the heart. Now, the heart does cause the behavior. But we're so caught up in in the behavior, trying to discern, did I do something right? Did I do it wrong? Should I do this? You know, we get so caught up in feeling like, well, I deserve everything I get that's bad because 
I didn't respond in the right way or I didn't do what I think, you know, I didn't act the way that I thought that I should. That's not something that we really need to concentrate on. What we have to concentrate on is our heart. And our heart is, am I wanting God's best? Am Mm -hmm. I wanting and waiting on God? Am I uh, trying to take matters into my own hands? Am I trying to rush the process? You know, all of those kind of things. We can talk about that and we can think about it, but we really have to keep our focus on God. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, I'm just, again, I don't want to like project my situation, but I'm just like thinking of my situation and I'm thinking, I know that I have not handled things well or as well as I would have wanted to or as well as I know I could have or should or I haven't been complete myself. And anyway, all these things. And one thing I have to tell myself is, okay, yes, like maybe I didn't respond well or maybe I I know I should have, you know, let go of the situation or whatever earlier. Like I, I know that I wasn't trusting God fully in this. And it's like in that, you know, those moments where it's like, I'm, you know, repenting and, you know, being Mm -hmm. like, God, like I, you know, you probably had to rip this from my hand because I have been holding on or let it, you know, like, and I should have let go earlier, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell myself like, God, I I know that you're like, God is bigger than our Mm -hmm. decisions. And, and even in those moments when I'm holding on, I'm not, I do want what God, you know, like uh, it's that humanness coming out and mm-hmm. that weak, the weakness of my humanness. And I just have to remind myself of, okay, even if I'm in this situation because of me, like, because mm-hmm. I, whatever, like mm-hmm. it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, even if like God can still use it, you know, like he's still like, I, I, cause I tend to feel like I ruined things. Right. <laughs> like I, like, oh, this is all my fault. Like I've ruined it. Mm-hmm. I've ruined this chance or I've ruined this mm-hmm. opportunity or I've ruined this relationship mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And having to remind myself of like, okay, when, you know, when I have those moments of giving it to God, and even if it was later than he would have wanted me to, mm-hmm. like he, if he, what he wants will still happen. And it's like with David, like, even if he, shouldn't have been hiding in the cave. I mean, I'm sure sure he should have been. Or cut off his robe. Or, yeah, it's like, or she shouldn't have cut off the robe. It's like, you know, he, he, God didn't take away his kingship. And the only reason he took away Saul's was because of, you know, like you said, Saul's heart and the posture of mm-hmm. his heart. And so anyway, all I have to say is I just, I have to remind myself of like, my choices are not bigger than God. And even if I'm in a situation because of me, um, God can get you out of that God situation. Can get, yeah, he can get it out and he, whatever he wants will be. And, and even like of how, like I'm, you know, worrying about how I'm perceived. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, God can change, God changes mm-hmm. people's hearts. He, he changes how people see, you know, he can, he can do that. It's like just letting him and not trying to, like I had a moment this morning when I realized the situation with a person and I meet my immediate reaction was like, what do I do to fix it? And I was talking to a friend and she was like, I don't think you do anything. <laughs> like, you don't. And I was like, do I, you know, should I do this? And she was like, no. And, and thank God for my friend in that moment because, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, God used well, which my is very to be, unusual because the friends were telling David to do something else. Right. So it was an unusual moment that God used that. But I do want to jump in here because I want to tell you that everything that we're talking about and everything you're saying, your focus 
And what you're saying is your focus is about your behavior. Should I respond? Should I did I do it right? Did I I didn't always do it right. right. But what brings you peace is the truth of you change that perspective and it's no God, you're still bigger. And so mm-hmm. the more that we concentrate on ourselves and the more that we beat up on ourselves or think we can there's David has an affair. I mean, David is not perfect. I know you think he's handsome and wonderful, (laughs) but David is not perfect. And God never said David was a man that made all the right choices. He said David was a man after my own heart. So, And clearly he didn't respond well at all times. No, he could not have, you know, because he's human. So. The emphasis and what we want to say as you in our conversation here, as you jump on in here, who's listening, I want you to to really be mindful that when we beat up on ourselves, when we are trying very hard to make things right with God, we are always just constantly concerned about our behavior. Remember when David was picked? And Samuel went in, and he's like, is it this guy? Is it this brother? And he's like, he's like, you look at the outside. I'm looking on the inside. And that's what we're doing. And these people are looking at the situation and coming up with this sign that they know what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And God is just saying, you, I'm looking at your heart. Mm-hmm. So how can we know if it's God doing something? You know, like, and I guess maybe it's just we ask God. You ask God, but it also leads you to God. It doesn't lead you to yourself. It doesn't lead you to making you feel better about yourself. It doesn't lead you to feel like, well, there's something I can do to make myself really good. What it does is it leads you totally dependent and totally focused on God. Then it comes a time when you're like, again, when I said before, when God is convicting you something, it is telling you, look, we need to change behavior. We need to not continue to go down this route. And that leads you closer to God. Mm-hmm. But when it's us and we're trying to make ourselves look better and we're trying to keep other people from thinking bad things about ourselves, then we start accusing ourselves and feeling yeah. really bad about ourselves. Well, and that's like the moment I had this morning when I realized someone who had hurt me and wanting to go in and you know fix it and— like, how can I fix it? Because I, I didn't know, I didn't want them to perceive me, you know, like, oh my gosh, did they perceive me wrong? Did they see me like this or that? Or how can I, you know, whatever. And yeah, it's like, just like what you're saying. It's like, in in that specific situation, my friend was right where it was because of the situation mm-hmm. I needed, there was, it was not mine to go back into, but that would, if, if I had, it would have been for you know, like I'm trying to well, for one thing, fight my own battle basically, and not trusting God to. And I had this moment deep down where I had, which I believe is the Holy Spirit, basically saying, "What do you, what do you plan to accomplish?" <laughs> by well, exactly, because here's what we do, and and as you're listening and listen, and I, I've just got a feeling whoever is listening can relate to this. We try so hard to make ourselves look better that it makes ourselves look stupid. We try so hard to change someone's behavior. We try to change someone's heart. We try to change someone's 
the outcome of someone else's situation. And you can never do anything that will confirm and be 100% correct that everything that you do, that you have done it to change their perspective. They have to choose to change their perspective. They have to choose to change their heart. They have to choose to change their behavior. And so often we are so deceived in thinking if we could just say it in a certain way or if we do something like, I need to go back and and uh, say something so that they won't get the you know, wrong ideal. And that's true. Sometimes we do have to communicate. Sometimes we do need to clear up mm-hmm. some uh, lies and things. But when you're in a situation where the other person has set it up to where that's not a possibility, then you're just going to have to trust God uh, to just let that relationship go and are that opportunity to go are the uh, things that you would like to change that you want to change, but you can't change. You just don't have to trust God. And again, David has said, God has anointed me king. And he said, I'm not going to put myself in that position. It didn't mean that David would not be king. It just was timing. Mm-hmm. And God yeah. always comes back. And I have seen it over and over again that what is true will be revealed. Yeah. And you can only know what is true sometimes when God shows you clearly the truth and not other people. Yeah. I mean, I know we need to wrap up, but I did want to point out one other thing. And I think it applies to what we show, what we're seeing in David, but it's when David's fighting Goliath. And one thing that really stood out to me in that infamous story that we all know with David fighting Goliath was like David never claimed to be a warrior in that story. Like he He was a shepherd. Yeah. Like I wrote in my margin, David didn't claim to be a warrior. He was who he was and he trusted God to be God. Mm -hmm. He was just, he was, did not go in being like, I'm this warrior. I'm so, you know, whatever. He just was like, listen, I'm a shepherd. I know how to do the sling and I know I know who God is. You know, I trust God to be God. And and even after he killed Goliath, something I noticed this time around, I mean, I've read the story, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many times, but something I noticed that I'd never noticed before is after he kills Goliath, then the army goes out against the Philistines and, you know, mm-hmm. takes over and does their thing. Yeah. And David let the army go be the army. He, you know, didn't try mm-hmm. to be a hero. He let he basically did his part. He did what he knew. God called him to do. He trusted God with that. And then he let the army go do what the army does. And he didn't go try to be a hero. And he just, he trusted God. And I think a lot of, we see that multiple, even with Bathsheba, like he mm-hmm. didn't trust God. But then when he realized it, then he turned and repented and mm-hmm. did trust God. But anyway, I just wanted to point out that one thing that I saw that I had never seen before. It's like he... He just was who he was. And not not like in a we settle into these negative I don't mean that in a we settle into the bad things about us or like, well, this is just the way I am. I mean like he was who he was in terms of he believed he was a shepherd, like he was God's, like he trusted right. God to take care of him. That's right. But you know what's great, Kara? He trusted God because he had seen God be so very faithful to him. When he saw uh, Goliath and Saul tried to put on his 
you know, suit armor on him. He said, I can't do that. Just give me some rocks. And he said, because when I was out in the field, I, uh, a bear would come up, a lion would come up, and God delivered them into the hand. But what I want to really concentrate on, the difference in God focus and self focus. Saul was self focused and David was God focused. Do you know what made David want to kill Goliath? It was because he was talking about his God. Mm-hmm. When he says, like, this the, this is the Lord's battle. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't even, I'm not fighting my battle or your battle. This is the Lord's battle. And he says, why would you talk about my God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Goliath was basically taunting and making fun mm-hmm. of God or Yahweh. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that as we see David and Saul and Absalom and all the things that's First and Second Samuel, is that there's one thing here, is the people that you see in these events, they win based on who they are focused on. And I think that as you are so crazy about David, I think that you just have to realize David was not perfect. He made some terrible mistakes, but his focus was always, I'm going to trust God. Yeah, like letting God, which is when you said the ones who won, they're the ones who let God be fight. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let God be God. You know, and there's all through the Psalms, and we'll get to Psalms, but there would be lamenting, and there would be, God, why won't you come in and do something? And then all of a sudden, David would rejoice and sing about how great his God was. It wasn't that David had this perfect life. It wasn't that David was perfect, but he trusted in a holy and powerful and faithful God. And with every situation it built, the time that he would trust God when he was out in the field and a lion and a bear would come, he knew that God had rescued him. When he had to face Goliath, he remembered how God was faithful when the bear and a lion And so he was faithful. And so he knew and he trusted in that God. So then when he saw Saul, then he knew and he would go back and say, God will rescue me out of the hand. It was a progression. It was something started out in the field as a shepherd and seeing how God would protect him. And then it started out and it was his the story of his life. Yeah. One, again, I know we need to end, but I just want to say, like, I think that is just thought of when the story was Bathsheba and Mm -hmm. that was the one time that or one of the times that we really see in the Bible I'm sure it wasn't the only time that he didn't and that's maybe why it grieved him so much when he thought gosh I knew I knew I've seen God take care of me so many times like why did I doubt why did I take matters into my own hands and and I tell you why he did because he was focused on Bathsheba and his own Mm -hmm. lust and well, and the people, you know, like, oh gosh, now she's pregnant, and all these people are going to find out. And well, that know. was just the results of that. But it got him yeah. into trouble by looking at. For number one, he was should have been at battle, but number two, he saw Bathsheba and thought she was beautiful, and he went after to fulfill his own lust, and it was the worst mistake of his life that we know of. And all I can say is this: the point of what we're talking about. Is are we focused on allowing God to be God, or are we going to try to be God? 
And are we wanting God to be most glorified, or do we want other people to think better of ourselves? Are are we more concerned about how we view God versus how people view us? Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.